Welcome back, everyone. Jay Bone here for Smash This Podcast. On the YouTube and the Twitch and all the socials, the Facebook, the Instanet, and the Twitter box, all those links are in the description. So wherever you're watching from, much love, and it's all appreciated. Oh man, this is uh, this this is a bittersweet episode, and uh, and I've explained this to many of my friends at nauseum, but I'll 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 repeat it. I'll repeat it. Uh, I was supposed to go to this one uh, before everything went to hell. I had tickets, and I sold the tickets. I think I'm pretty sure I bought the tickets last spring, like right when they went on sale. And I sold them last November when things really started getting out of hand. And uh, so, yeah, this is this was bittersweet. I was there in spirit tonight. It was a great crowd. It was almost sold out. I could tell there was a couple sections, uh, you know, papered off or whatever. But um it was it was damn near. I mean, if you went to go look for tickets, there there really were not a ton left. They had a great walk up. It looked like um, just a great crowd, great loud Milwaukee professional wrestling loving crowd. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I was there in spirit, and. Uh, yeah, well, it was it was a fun show, you know. And, and I saw some people complaining about some stuff. We'll get to that in a little bit. But before we do that, folks, don't forget to smash that like button, smash that sub button. No matter where you're watching from, ring that bell for notifications. Lots of different ways you can support the show. Uh, there's merchandise. You can get cups, t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, bags, all sorts of stuff. Smash this podcast. That link is in the description. Um, oh, the audio portion is brought to you by, um, Uh, anchor.fm forward slash smash this podcast. There is also a support button on there if you wish to support the brand that way. Uh, there's buymeacoffee.com. That link is also in the description of the video if you want to tip one of your favorite podcasts. <clears throat> also, the uh, super stickers, super chat, all that lovely stuff new to YouTube. Still a work in progress. I'm working on some emojis and some stuff. I'm, I'm learning this. I'm learning. <clears throat> I know I got to upload some. Uh, some more. Uh, some more emotes to the to the Twitch. And uh, I, I started working on that today. So all these little things in motion here also got uh, new merch. For the uh, it's it's we'll just, say, we'll just say it's inspired by the summer of punk, which just started tonight in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, folks. If you don't know, this is the 100th episode 
of dynamite. At least that's what it says on the site I go to and uh, cagematch.com when you get like the results and stuff. This says this says number event number one hundred. So it's either the 100th event or 100th dynamite. I'm going to have to do a little more research, but nonetheless, it's if it's the 100th dynamite, that's pretty cool that happened in Milwaukee in in Milwaukee. Uh, as far as uh, the season and episode, it's season three, episode 34. We got some chatters in here. Good evening, everyone. No matter where you're watching from, it's all appreciated. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Where do we start with this one? Um, I didn't plan any news, so we're not going to do any news. If I have any brain cells left after this, I'll cover a couple things maybe. Um, oh, one quick question here. On, on the Twitch, J-Bone, do you like Malachi Black's entrance theme song? Yes, I love it. It's great. Good stuff. Good metal. I knew when he was going to get a new uh, entrance theme for himself. I knew it was going to be something dark, something ominous, um, ominous, ominous, brooding, whatever you want to call it. It's <laughs> It's good stuff. I like it. And he's got that new mask. It's all wicked. I dig it. I dig it. Can't wait to see some kind of like, what do you call? Like a like a, a chase figure with him and just a mask or something like that. Some kind of ultimate fig. It's going to be badass. I know they'll do it too. <clears throat> All right. AEW Dynamite Season 3, Episode 34 from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Starts out a lot of fun here. Like I said, I saw people... Um, I saw some people cutting on uh, the card for this one saying that uh, something to the effect of, oh, now they got CM Punk, now they're getting lazy. It's like, no, this is just, this is this is just making up a card. I, I didn't see anything wrong with this. I mean, some of these people probably haven't been on TV much lately. Some of them probably more... Um, you know, dark elevation or whatever. Like the gun club. I don't think the gun club gets a lot of TV time. So, you know, when they're, when it's, when they're progressing, when these teams evolve, when they're getting better, how do you reward that? Give them some TV time. Let the fans see your progress. How else are these people 
supposed to develop a fan base. Put them in front of the eyes of the people. Plain and simple. You know? I don't understand what there is to complain about that. It's like, you know, you they, yeah, they have a loaded roster. So, you know, a good chunk of the roster here and there, depending on who's available, is going to be on dark and isn't going to be on dynamite. There's nothing wrong with that. That's where you build your next crop of, you know, top roster people. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I've said that I don't know how many times. You can hire everybody and anybody from the WWE. But if you can't create stars, original stars in your brand, your brand is going to be dead in the water. Now, granted, a lot of these WWE men and women who are getting, you know, a kickstart in their career, um, it's great. They're getting an opportunity to continue to do what they love. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's fun. It's, it's in front of a fresh set of eyes that maybe didn't see them in the WWE or they never got that chance in the E, you know, fill in the blank. But to create new stars, that's what it's all about. You know, that's why I love brands also like Impact Wrestling. You know, they they pluck people out of the indies and they, they give them some time in the ring, in, you know, promos. They put them, you know, Sam Beal, perfect example. You put him with a veteran presence like Brian Myers and you build them and you mold them, you know. That's how you do it. So, uh, yeah, that's right, Mark. Haters going to hate. <laughs> Polar. Mark, they're not haters. They're morons who can't think. Oh, God. Well, yeah, it's like, like I said, everybody is allowed to their own opinions, and that's fine. But there's there's an ounce of common sense that has to go with this too you know you can't feature the same people all the time yeah that's right build from within that's right that is right so um so we start out here this one is a lot of fun and this was a true test to see how vocal this crowd was going to be this was a, a fun way to do it. And I knew Milwaukee wouldn't disappoint. Might not have been, you know, quite off the Richter scale like the Rampage was on Friday night a few days ago. But I knew Milwaukee wouldn't disappoint because there was a, a, good, a good amount of people there, you know. That place was packed. Place was packed. Great crowd. Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. Um, now, this one has been quietly building here and there 
uh, throughout the last several weeks, different members fighting different members uh, from, um, you know, Orange Cassidy's crew to the uh, the how the HF was that the Hardy front office whatever Hardy fam whatever Hardy family loves octopuses whatever the hell it is, um, so yeah so we got Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. Uh, uh, Matt Hardy, still, I don't care what anybody says. In my professional podcasting opinion, there, got it in in the first 15 minutes. Look at that. Ta-da. Matt Hardy can still go. Still looks like a million bucks here. He he doesn't have to overwork himself in a match like this, although he did end up with a bloody nose. I'd have to watch it back and see exactly where the hell that came from. I don't know if it was the super one of those super punches from Orange Cassidy, those fists of steel of Orange Cassidy. <laughs> My God. Or maybe it was from a roll of money that hit him in the face. I don't know. But, uh, man, by the end of the match, all of a sudden, Matt Hardy was like, you know, crimson mask. Crazy. Crazy. Taz. Tracy, thank you for the uno dollar. Thank you. Much love, brother. Um, so, yeah, Orange Cassidy wins this. And what's great is you had the, the vocal um, uh, delete versus um oh what the hell was it completely fell out of my brain but the crowd chant was was great um he wins this with his hands in the pocket rolled them up it was hilarious um it's it's still blows my mind how athletic Orange Cassidy is and um that he could do all this you know make it look effort effortless effortlessly you know but Mark did not like the finish. I hear you. I hear you. Uh you know, you say, how far do you take the gimmick? He took it right up until the end, hands in pocket, holding, <laughs> holding him. Um, Swag fan didn't like it either. Wow, didn't like it with the hands in the pocket. The Violet loved it though. Okay, <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. You know. Does, does it seem like disrespectful towards Matt? But um, you know, it's uh, it's it's getting Matt back for all the shenanigans from the past several weeks. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Oh, it was uh, it was whenever he kicked them and the crowd would go, oh, it was that, and then versus delete back and forth. That's what it was. I was trying to think what the hell the other chant was. It wasn't a chant. It was just a, ah, it was, a, you know, just, just a loud, ah. 
crazy. Oh, man. So, Orange Cassidy with the win. Um, now, next week, I think it's next week. I don't think this is Rampage, but next week, Orange. I think it's going to be Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans. I am really looking forward to that. Look, Jack Evans goes way back. In fact, we were just talking about Jack Evans last night on the Throwback Overnight on a little podcast called Total Nonstop Impact. And it was the introduction, debut of Team Canada. Now, it was a very different Team Canada from what is what became the norm later within the next year on TV. It was Teddy Hart. Uh, well, Petey Williams was in the ring, which was his in-ring debut. Great to see it. Um, Teddy Hart <laughs> had a crutch because he busted, I don't know, his pinky or something. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, or am I? <laughs> Excuse me. Um so yeah, Teddy Hart was up on the stage with uh, Coach Demore and Jack Evans, and then Johnny Devine. Jack Evans, my God, did he look young there? I mean, he really has not changed. He's still, you know, small in stature, but still incredibly fun to watch. Just wild, just wild. Um, I don't know how long he stays in Team Canada, but um. I might have to do a little research and, and find out. I know of the eventual Team Canada is Bobby Roode, Eric Young. Oh, excuse me, Petey Williams. And then there's a couple ones that switch out here and there. There's like A1. Uh, no, not the steak sauce. Uh, it's one of the Canadian guys. Uh Johnny Devine's one of them. But I remember Bobby Roode, Eric Young, Petey Williams, some of the main ones. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I don't know. If you think of any others that were around 2005-ish and, and on, let me know in the comments. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mentioned Teddy Hart. I don't know how long, like I said, I don't know how long this first inception happens. I'm going to have to look, see how long Jack, like Johnny Devine's around here and there. Um, but uh, I don't know how long Teddy Hart and uh, Jack Evans hang out. But anyways, next week, Jack Evans versus Orange Cassidy. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, then we got Malachi Black telling Brock Anderson in a promo saying, just just take the 10 count, you know, walk out of the ring, take your 10 count, and, you know, I'm, I'm giving you this opportunity to save face, to, to save your, your body from humiliation and, and embarrassment and a beating that you, I guarantee you, you do not want. Wants them to take a 10 count loss and then go to the back and, um, you know, and then face your father. And just, uh, you know, just humiliating him. 
just humiliating. And um, so he's got till like, you know, the end of the night basically to make his decision. We know what that is. Um, <laughs> Violet with the Violet with the Monty Brown emotes there. Well, we know that's from TNI. Yeah, I know. I got to get some more uh, emotes. They're coming, folks. They're coming. Like, whenever I, I think to do them, and I forget about them for, like, a couple weeks, um, I just got to buckle down and try to come up with some. Um, let me know if if uh, you're if you're normally on Twitch and you want to see some emotes for Smash This Podcast, um let me know. Give me uh, give me some ideas of what you'd like to see. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm trying to get some people to more subs to the channel. And then you can use these emotes. So it's got to be something eye-catching and something that people will want. So uh, let me know what you want to see. <laughs> Courtney says, yes, more emotes. All right. Um, but you, you got a sub to get, you got a sub to use the emotes. So it's, you know, goes both ways. Um, all right. So then Chris Jericho then comes out to the ring and he calls out MJF and, uh, great. Like I said, great sounding arena, like Milwaukee did this crowd did Milwaukee proud tonight. Totally. You know, singing along everything. Um, he challenges oh first well first he says wow this past week has been so um so exciting and so uh and everybody's celebrating all this you know this hype for the company and everything except for me except for chris jericho chris jericho was not celebrating he was not in a celebratory mood because he tapped out to MJF. Swackman says, can you make emotes with your own faces? Yeah, you can do whatever. You can do whatever. You just have to have the proper size, whatever. <laughs> Should I do an emote of my, uh, my, 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 my Twitter, my Twitter profile pic, the, <laughs> oh man, It'd be a little uh, little tribute to uh, almost looks like Mance, Mance Warner. Um, you know, that's just me on a daily basis looking clueless. You know, <laughs> which one's Jay? Uh, <laughs> uh shoot, do I have that? Uh, do I have that one in there? I don't think I have that one in there. No, I don't. No, I only have a few in here. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, I know. I got to get it in here. All right. So um, Chris Jericho calls out MJF because it's just driving him nuts because he can't beat him. He's lost to him like, three times now. And um, so he's, he's just he wants one more chance, just one more match. At all out. Now, I don't think there's any stipulations on this match with the exception of as far as like what type of match. But he says if Jericho loses his 
AEW in-ring career will be over and he'll be he'll subject himself to the commentary desk. Um so you know that's some big words right there. You know, and uh certainly our, the odds are against him. Now this is almost one because of the odds and the shenanigans that Chris and his team has had to deal with, I'd almost want this like in some kind of structure, almost like a cage match. But we're already getting a cage match with the tag team, um, tag team title match. Oh, Two Love Impact says Shark Boy in Abyss emotes. Ah. Write those down. I love me some Abyss. Abyss is one of the great, iconic impact figures that goes way back. One of the, you know, the big guys, the hardcore stuff. Um, no, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure he said that, Mark. Wait, did I say impact ring? Is AEW in ring career? Did I say impact? Did I mistakenly say that? Are you are you fucking with me? Are you fucking with me, Mark? Which one's Jay? Um. <laughs> A sting emote. Oh, now there we go. Karen Terrell emotes. Ah, I'm going to say no to that one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Taryn Terrell, but I'm not really watching a lot of NWA. And as far as I know, she's just commentary right now. So eh, it's just, you know, I don't feel like that's like up on the list, but, but I appreciate you. You know, give me your thoughts. Um, oh, Mark says, no, I'm saying he could still wrestle in impact. Ah, ha, ha. Yeah, I, okay, I see what you're doing there. You're so goofy, Mark. Get out of the trios. I'm kidding. <laughs> I understand now. All right, so... Um, so, yeah, he challenges MJF to one last match because he's just got to beat him. So he's putting his AEW in-ring career on the line, and MJF accepts. He can't help but accept. So, um, Bell's Boy's picking all these classic TNA knockout the big boss Gail Kim. I wouldn't mind doing like a female emo, but it's got to be someone a little more current, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Just a thought. Chris Jericho emotes. Getting some good ideas, folks. And if anybody else like agrees with that or wants that, hit me up. 
Because if it's just one one person, you know, it's and, and this is good, good ideas for like putting out a poll later, saying, okay, now vote vote one out of these four, and then I'll make that one. You know, stuff like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Brick Baker. Ah, see, now you're now you're talking bells, boy. And we'll get to her later. Okay, I'm not gonna write all these down now. But thank you. Keep them coming though. Keep them going. Because I'll I'll go through I'll go through the chat later after I'm done with this. Thank you guys. Much love. Um, so yeah, Chris Jericho sets out the challenge. MJF accepts, puts his career. AEW in-ring career on the line. Now, the uh, the winner of this next match advances to the all-out cage match for the tag team titles. We got the Lucha Bros versus the Varsity Blondes. Now, I had to step away for a few minutes, and I, I, I unfortunately I missed most of this match, but I did catch the very end. Um, Lucha Bros does come off with the win. I did see the end um, as far as, you know, so-and-so, someone got their hand raised and I heard their music being played. Uh, so I was like, oh, doggone it, I missed it. So, <laughs> oh, excuse me. So Lucha Bros are going to battle uh, Jurassic Express for the spot in the cage against the Young Bucks at All Out. And I believe that match is going to happen on... Let me double-check this. I don't know if they already put out the stuff for next... Next week. Uh, let's see here. Checking the Twitter box. Seeing some CM Punk gifts. No, this is all just... Oh, okay. Next Wednesday, Brian Cage versus Hobbs. Let's see what else. Anything else here I can quick pull up? I'm not seeing anything. All right. Well, anyways, I'll check later. <clears throat> oh, you guys are really coming up with the names now. Abaddon, Ty Conti, Jordan Grace, Red Velvet. My goodness. All the names. <laughs> All right. Um. So, yeah, I, I think that match is for uh, Rampage. So I can't wait to see that. That should be a really good match between Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express. Number one contender, contender uh, meets Young Bucks in the cage at All Out for the AEW Tag Team titles. So, um, 
So, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch this one because I, I do like the Varsity Blondes. I mean, they're obviously an up-and-coming tag team. And you could probably, you know, guess who was going to win this one. Um, but still, you, you you don't know, you know. You could say you know, but you really don't. Um, I, I really feel like Brian Pillman and uh, – Brian, Brian Pillman Jr., excuse me, uh, <laughs> Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison are are absolutely starting to uh, gain some momentum as a tag team. You know, they're getting that experience. That's why they got hired, you know. Um, it's... Um, it's you know, and they're and they're both young too, so it's a great way for these guys to hang together as a unit, you know. And it also gives um, Julia Hart someone to kind of lean on for support as she's you know, she's really young. She's like what, 19, 20 or something? She's really young. Um, but they all look like they fit together, you know? They're so cute. Uh, <laughs> but I like them, you know? Good good bunch of kids. Um, but Lucha Bros come off with the win here. So, yeah, I can't wait to see Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros for the number one contender spot. Oh, my goodness. Uh, why don't I start with this next one? Um, some pros and cons, some uh, constructive criticism, if you will, for this next match. I was very excited for this. Jamie Hayter. I'll I'll say I'll call it her in ring debut because you know what I I know it's not her in ring debut for AEW. I know she did some stuff with Britt Baker. I don't know if it was against her or tagged with her, or whatever it was. I'd have to go back and look. But it feels like a, a lifetime ago, almost. It was like, what, two years ago? Give or take a little. And then because of the pandemic, she had to go back to the UK. But now she's back. Changed her look. I don't even remember what she likes. Um, <laughs> Julia Hart is 19. It's, it, Mark says... Hater got that cake. Are you talking about your your birthday? Are you talking about Jamie Hater bought you a cake for? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Mark, behave yourself. Uh, <laughs> cake, cake is another word for. All right, we continue. Um, Jamie Hater versus <laughs> Red Velvet. Uh, like I said, I was really looking forward to this. This this match did not come off as well as it could have. There were some, um, how do we say this? Some miscommunications. A couple sloppy parts in the match. But they kept going. They kept going. That's a plus. They didn't, like I've seen matches where they, there was a miscommunication and then they just both stand there looking at each other like, uh, 
Now what? I've seen that, and that's horrible. These two, at least when there was a hiccup and something didn't, whatever move didn't flow quite as well, they kept it going. So, I, like, if you blinked, you missed it, you know? Um, but there was a couple points like that. So I don't know if it was just maybe Jamie Hader hasn't been in the ring for a while. I'm not going to just flat out say, oh, yeah, Jamie Hader has ring rust. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying there's a few different things here. Could have been just miscommunication. Um, Red Velvet is still also very young in the business, and I've seen her have some really good matches before, but um, not everybody has in-ring chemistry. So, I mean... Was I'm not going to sit here and call this match garbage. No, because there were some fun spots, and we got to see the power of Jamie Hayter. And this wasn't a squash match. This wasn't one of those where Jamie Hayter just tossed around for like 30 seconds and then pinned her. We just saw that with, with uh, Jade Cargill. So we didn't want to see that again with uh, Red Velvet. That wouldn't have been very fair to her. So these two... Had a it was I'll call it a decent match, okay? I'll call it a decent match. Was it perfect? By no means, but uh, it was a great way to see the power and some in-depth ring stuff with uh, with Jamie Hader and um, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie <laughs> I know what I know what Mark's talking about. She was um, Jamie Hader was was easy on the eyes. She's uh. Yeah, I uh, I might have found my new favorite female wrestler in um, AEW. Gonna gonna keep an eye on this one. So, <laughs> so um, but it was still fun. But, you know, like, like I said, perfect by no means. Still fun to watch because I was and I and many other people. Number one. Uh, Red Velvet is fun to watch. She's got a ton of charisma, ton of athleticism. Um, it just didn't mix match well with what Jamie Hader was doing. So, uh, and it could have been the um, <laughs> Terrence Sullivan <laughs> behave, <laughs> behave, Terrence. Um, I see a, <laughs> I see a lot of love for Jamie Hader <clears throat> in the uh, in the chat. Um, so yeah, uh, Jamie Hader had Britt Baker out there with Rebel. Milwaukee gave Britt Baker a lot of love, and what's funny is, and I forget exactly what it was. I think it was uh, a DMD chant or something. When Britt Baker was coming down to the ring, she hit the bottom of the ramp, and she heard she heard the crowd because the crowd got real loud by the time she got to the bottom of the ramp. You couldn't help but she she couldn't help but you know like smile and smirk, you know, like oh wow, Milwaukee's really loving me, you know. Um, it's uh, it's it's fun. 
as a wrestling fan to see hard work pay off. And I've said this before. When you see someone like Britt Baker come back from being knocked down from an injury, taking a few steps backwards from this, that, the other thing, and still being offered the chance to improve in other ways on your mic, on screen, like they did with her week after week after week, almost that whole time that she was injured. She, um, I forget what it was. Some, some was it her leg, her quad. <clears throat> I forget what it was. She was in a wheelchair and she was on TV constantly with Tony Schiavone and building her character and working on stuff, working on promo stuff. That's how she built her fan base. Her fan base saw that this company was investing in her, even though she was, so to speak, on the shelf. On TV, she was constantly being used, even though she couldn't be in the ring. And this is one of the first times in my long time watching wrestling that I've seen someone use this much while they were injured. And it's it's refreshing. It's like, all right, you know, we're just going to send you home and you work on your shit for <clears throat> nine months or whatever it is. No. They had her there week after week after week reminding you that she was going to come back, that she was working hard, even though she was an ass on the mic and, and building that heel status. You know, it was twofold. It was so great to see. So refreshing as a wrestling fan to see that. And, uh, you know, pe people can shit on Tony Khan and, and his crew all they want. It's for things like this that stand out that say, aha, these guys get it. They do. <clears throat> yeah, perfect example. Mark says, in shithole city, if your tag partner gets injured, you're gone too. How many times have we seen that? Countless number of times. I could, I could think of three off the top of my head immediately you think of the usos that's happened with the usos i don't know how many times over the last decade that's a long fucking time too you think of um oh the viking raiders i, I can't think of it. is that what they still call them the viking the viking experience whatever the fuck they're called <clears throat> same thing happened to them and then um, I had another one on a, off the top of my head, and, and then it just left my brain. Well, I've seen them do it with women tags, too. You know, someone gets injured, 
take both women off TV. Sad. It's sad. And it's, it's like, how the hell? It's like, yeah, okay. Some of these people are still getting paid, but damn. It's so sad. So sad. But anyways, so Jamie Hader beats, uh, no, I got off track there just a little bit, just a little. Jamie Hader beats Red Velvet with uh, what looks like a big lariat, a big clothesline, whatever you want to call it. Call it. Um, <laughs> Viking, <laughs> Vikings Raiders experience. Dear God, that, that, that doesn't exactly flow off the tongue, does it? No. Um, then Chris Statlander runs out to the rescue when uh, DMD and her whole crew there start beating her down. Uh, I wrote down, uh, people also make fun of me because they're like, oh, J Jason never shits on anything. No, it's called constructive criticism. I try not to be that guy and just say, this was a shitty match or this was a shitty show. But that's also why I don't cover WWE stuff. Because if I was still covering WWE stuff, that's all I would have been fucking saying. That's all I would have been saying. Is, oh, another shit show. I, I can't tell you how many people reviewing WWE stuff week after week after week. You can tell they're trying not to throw up in their mouths as they're reviewing it. It's like, then why do you do it? I understand that some of these people have bigger fan bases than I do, obviously, but it's like, damn, review something, find something you love. Cause if all you're doing is calling this a shit show, it's not worth it. Life is too damn short. So, um, yeah, Chris Statlander runs out, rescues Red Velvet, and she's holding DMD's, Britt Baker's AEW Women's Championship. Those two are going to face off. We found out that it's official now. Chris Statlander is going to face off against Britt Baker uh, at All Out. So, good to see that. Dark Order seems to be unraveling. And we've seen that over the last several weeks with this whole Hangman Page. Hangman Page is supposed to be coming back in November, I believe. He started getting advertised again. Um... So Evil Uno is talking about this, and Alex Reynolds audibly starts chuckling out loud during this promo of Evil Uno's, and clearly then once given the opportunity to speak, uh, really disagrees with how Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, Evil Uno, excuse me, have been pushing the Dark Order away from Hangman Adam Page. Um, there are clearly two different sides to this whole thing. I mean, Hangman Adam Page obviously needed some help, and a lot of the Dark Order wanted to go help him, 
and Stu Grayson and Evil Uno uh, said, no, he doesn't want this. Let him deal with his own stuff. This is what he wants. So guys like uh, Alex Reynolds, among a few others, are clearly in disagreement to how, uh, you know, there's, there's two different sides here. So, and then Evil Uno said, I forget what exactly what he said, but he said something and Alex Reynolds stormed off. And then uh, number five even looked at Evil Uno was like, what the hell was that, man? We're supposed to be a family here. So there's there's some there's some stuff happening here. I don't know if this is gonna like you know try not to think too far forward, or what's that word? Ah yes, assume. Assume that they're headed for a breakup. They've had problems before. So, um. I mean, they're a lovely group and they've gone through a lot of stuff and they've, well, and they've also have gone through some real life stuff. You know, the, the death of uh, Brody Lee really messed with a lot of them, which also caused them to flip to like babyface mode. Like, you know, people rooted for him because he was a part of that. People were sad that he left clearly. Um, so, is it safe to say now that some people are headed for a heel turn and some are might be breaking away from the group? We'll have to wait and see. I honestly have been waiting for a breakout moment for Stu Grayson and Evil Uno um, since, oh, since they debuted because I saw how good they were. And whenever they are featured as a tag team, they shine. I mean, those guys go back a long. They those guys go back as long, if not further, than the Young Bucks, because those guys had a lot of history on the West Coast, from what I've heard. And you can look up some of those matches on the old YouTube too. Um, I forget whether we're called the Super Smash Brothers. Obviously, you can't use that. You can use that on the indies, you know, but you can't use that on this level on TV. Um, <laughs> Randy Sam says, uh, imagine J-Bone said, who you want to see help Dark Order get, uh, get back or or be their, their savior, not name Bray Wyatt. <laughs> God damn it, J-Bone. He'll turn already. <laughs> A lot of people want to see that. But I also see another big audience also want to see Bray Wyatt or, um, damn, can't think of his like real name, uh, Wyndham Rotunda. Rotunda, Rotunda, whatever his name is. Um, 
it's like it's one of those things where you know his name, but you haven't heard it spoken in ten ish years, so you can't remember it. Um, so <laughs> Braun Strowman, yeah, he's another one that's getting rumored, sent, uh, possibly going to uh, Impact Wrestling. Who knows? Who knows? Wyndham Rotunda, yes, thank you, thank you, Courtney. Um, Thank you, Bell's boy, uh, as well. So, so who knows? Who knows? Uh, it'd be a perfect fit, honestly. You know, if you're going to pick a successor to the late great Brody Lee, why not have it be Wyndham Rotunda? Or you could have part of the dark order branch off away from like maybe they break in half some of them go this way some of them go another way those who go with the former formerly known as bray wyatt wyndham rotunda they start the cult of wyndham so who knows who knows but we could uh we could, you know, fantasy book that from here to kingdom come. But anyways, um, so yeah, Alex Reynolds takes off. He's very upset. There is there is a disturbance in the order. <laughs> Keith says uh, Hornswoggle is going to save the Dark Order. All right, now you're just being goofy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bell's boy. Braun for glory. You saw the clip too. That was hilarious. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out um um uh, oh, I can't think of her name. Mrs. Josh. What's her name? Can't think of it. I know Impact Wrestling shared it, but anyways. Uh Braun for Glory. Great stuff. That there's known as an Easter egg, kids. All right, we continue. Uh, Tony Schiavone, Tony Schiavone in the ring with CM Punk, CM Punk. All right, so this arena might not have been quite as loud. Jade Chung, thank you. Appreciate that. This arena may not have been as loud as the United Center, but damn. Uh, they certainly love themselves some CM Punk. CM Punk has a lot of history in this town, dating all the way back to the early 2000s. Used to make a lot of rounds from Chi-Town to Detroit to Milwaukee to a little further south, back out to Philly, you know, Ohio area, and just do the circle with Chris Hero and Colt Cabana and all those guys. Um, so, yeah. Great to see Punk back in the uh, Bruce City. <laughs> great city by a great lake. Whatever you want to call Milwaukee. Um, so, and at one point in the beginning of this interview, CM Punk says, uh, you got to hang on a second, Tony. I can't hear you because this crowd is so loud. And then uh, that, that made the crowd pop even louder and CM Punk chants and all that stuff. Um, so, 
but yeah, good to see, good to see the crowd reacting as, as loudly as they did. And, uh, uh, where did I, write? oh yeah, there it is. Um, so, so CM Punk says, uh, so, you know, he's like, oh, the name, name the one thing that brought you back. <clears throat> so he starts naming off all these people and then ends it with, um, you know, Darby Allen, you know, all the young people, this locker room is what brought him back. And then says, uh, but he has, to, he also has to prove it to himself along with the fans that he can still go. So yeah, short, but sweet, nice little interview. Um, Oh, be nice, Keith. Says it's in Milwaukee, J-Bone. Of course they ain't going to be as loud as the United Center. Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> but I've, I've, heard, I've heard Milwaukee be that loud before. It was just at different times. It was, uh, let's see, what, what's, what's the loudest? One of the loudest times I've heard Milwaukee just be at an absolutely deafening crowd in an arena. Oh, yes. It was on one of my first dates with who is now Mrs. Jabo, Tracy. And we were at the, I can't remember if it was a Raw or SmackDown, but John Cena was in the ring. And uh, I'll get to that, RK. Thank you for the reminder. Um John Cena was in the ring, and so was uh, Dolph Ziggler, and oh, Vicky Guerrero. And the crowd was so loud in booing Vicky Guerrero. John Cena had to wait till the crowd stopped booing because he actually couldn't hear Vicky Guerrero right next to him speaking, especially even with the microphone. Nobody could hear her at all. The crowd was that loud. So I've heard Milwaukee be that loud. It just depends on the situation. Plus, that was in a bigger arena, too. There's only so many people that fit in the old classic Mecca arena, which is now the Panthers arena. So. <clears throat> J-Bone sensitive about Milwaukee. No, I'm proud of Milwaukee. Don't get it twisted. I'm not sensitive. Damn it. Um, so uh, thank you, RK, for reminding me. Um, so <laughs> he makes a best in the world comment during the interview. And then the crowd responds with a yes, yes, yes. Very loud. Yes. Chant. Punk pauses response to the crowd uh you might have to be a little more patient for that one coming clearly dropping a teaser about the great brian danielson coming to aew can't wait so um so yeah, that was a great moment. The nice little uh you know little Easter egg drop, whatever you want to call it, name drop, whatever. 
Um, so yeah, short but sweet interview with CM Punk. Great chance, great crowd moment. Welcome back, CM Punk. Uh, and see, and it was also nice because I, I just read in an interview that um, the original plan was for uh, Tony Schiavone to interview Punk in his debut, and they and then they decided against that. I said no, let's just let Punk do this by himself. And then we'll have you interview them the next time. So, and I'm glad they did it that way. Because if, if Tony Schiavone introduced them, it would have been cool, but it wouldn't have had the same. It, it would have felt just a little different. You know, it wouldn't have had that organic. Okay, intro music, CM Punk chants. Cue the living color music, crowd pop. It would have been different. You know, would have been different. Bell's Boy thinks that Brian Danielson will debut at All Out. Could be. Could be. Um, for, I mean, you, we've been hearing little things in the in the sheets that um, that he might debut in New York. Who knows? Who knows? You never know. But he is coming soon. So we just got to wait and see when. Uh, I mean, you can't have everybody show up at once. That's the thing. You know, you got to <laughs> space them out. Got to be smart about it. Um, John Moxley then, going into the next hour here. Um, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen with Sting. Versus the Wingmen, J.D. Drake, Ryan Nemeth, and Cesar Benoni. Uh, this one's fun. I mean, uh, did it did it do much? No, but it was fun, and the ending was also very interesting. Um, so. So Darby Allen ends up getting the win, uh, gets the pin against uh, J.D. Drake of the Wingmen. But this was fun. I mean, every, it was one of those things where everybody got their shit in. There were some comedic moments, you know. It was a, a chance for uh, Moxley and uh, Eddie Kingston and Darby Allen to blow off some steam, keep their chops up, gives the Wingmen some time for... Um, for TV, you know, same same thing as I was talking about before, because the Wingmen were one of those groups that they got put together, and they're kind of an awkward comedic heel group, but they're still a team with Peter Avalon, and. And they st <laughs> Courtney loves the wingmen. God bless you, Courtney. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting group. It's an interesting group. Um, it's a, it's a, I, I like to call the gr a group like this a work in progress. You know, everybody kind of grows, slowly grows together. 
But this is how you get to see their progress is in matches like this. Is it going to mean a lot to the fans? No, probably not. Is it going to mean a lot to a group like the wingmen to get this opportunity to wrestle veterans like Mox and Kingston? And Peter Avalon gets a uh, a moment with Sting at ringside. My God, he probably had to clean himself after that. You know, geez, Louise. God knows I would. Uh, <laughs> I mean, from sweating in the pits. That's what I mean. Don't be, don't be nasty. Um. So yeah, this was fun. You know, everybody got to have their their moments in this. Um, like I said, Darby Allen won this with the coffin drop against uh, JD Drake. JD Drake is a big boy. He really is. My God. And I don't know. It's like I, I haven't seen these guys in a while. Last time I saw these guys, JD Drake had some kind of John E. Bravo looking type shirt on with sequins and sparklies and all sorts of stuff. Now he looked more like um, the big boss man, but it's not the big boss man. It's the same character, but I'm, I'm trying to remember what the big boss man was called in WCW when he wore the white shirt, and the suspenders and the black trousers, pants, whatever. Um, I can't remember what he was called. But anyways, someone will come up with it. But that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking of is when he changed that. Um, but anyways, this one was fun. Uh, then Daniel Garcia comes down to the ring and he attacks Darby and then takes off right away. So a great moment for Daniel Garcia. He got some TV time. Like, you know, something's going on here. You know, he had that match against Mox last week. And... Um, Oh, B Bubba, Bubba Rogers. Is that it? Big Bubba Rogers. Okay. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Terrence. Um, yeah, never would have. Like, I, I've watched a lot of WCW, but I there's only so many names you can remember out of that loaded roster. Yeah. Cool. Um, same guy, different characters, in a sense. Bubba Rogers was more of a just a muscle for someone, I believe. Can't remember who, but anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't feel so bad. Violet forgot to. Uh, <laughs> Swag fan says, does Darby have a skateboard brand if not, he should. Little Wayne did years ago. Little Wayne. I thought Little Wayne had a lollipop brand. Anyways, um, but anyways, um, oh here we go. Bell's boy says Bubba Rogers started out as Jim Cornette's bodyguard in an old Jim Cornette. In the, oh, the old Jim Crockett, excuse me, NWA in the mid-80s. Oh, and then he came to the WWE and did um, 
the big boss man. That's what he did. Okay. Now I remember. Vaguely. <laughs> so I got my timeline mixed up. I thought he did that after. Didn't he? Never mind. Before I get too far out of whack. Um, next, uh, Allie interrupts an interview with uh, Ty Conti, offers her a spot in the HFO. Ty um, strongly disagrees with this offer, rips it up, and they start brawling. So they're going to have a match this Friday, I believe, on Rampage. So, um, interesting. So, Allie picking on, well, I shouldn't say picking on, for lack of better words, I'll say picking on. Um, you know, she's noticing the cracks in the, you know, the cracks in the uh, family of the uh, Dark Order saying, hey, you know, your group's kind of falling apart. How about you come over here? I mean, Honestly, it's a logical thing. It is. You know? You see your group having some issues. You're going to start thinking about, huh, do I want to help fix this? Do I still want to be part of this? It's a nice, simple, little, easy storyline. So we're getting a match out of this. Allie versus Ty Conti. Uh, Shivani with uh, the Elite in the ring. Kenny Omega, Callis. And, uh, oh my God. The, I, I laughed so hard at this. This was a great... I'm going to have to get a soundbite off of this or I'm going to make, I'm, I get, I get these little brainstorming for like merch ideas, you know, like bite his face off. You know, I think of like, Oh, that'd be a great t-shirt idea. Well, I had another great idea during this promo tonight. Callus shooting his mouth off, sc screamed at what Brandon Cutler, hold my scarf. I thought that was just, I don't know what it was. It was just everything. The pink suit, the scarf, everything. The whole package. Screaming, hold my scarf. They better make a t-shirt out of this. Because if they don't, I will. Um, <clears throat> damn, just cracked me up. I love Callis. Such, he's just gold. He is. You love to hate him. You love to hate him, but he's so good. Um, so Christian comes out. Now, this was interesting. Christian comes out. He is the number one contender to Kenny Omega's AEW title. Christian comes out with the Impact World Championship over his shoulder. That was nice to see. That was nice to see. I did not think we were going to get that. We did. And it was also mentioned from commentary, I believe. So that was nice to see. And so it, it had a different feel. 
I mean, you got to admit, it had a different feel this time seeing Christian with it. And then the comments from commentary. Then when it was, when they're talking about Kenny Omega, the belt collector, and he's got all these titles and they're reluctantly because he is a heel talking about other companies that he's holding the belts for. Had a different feel this time. Let me know your thoughts on that. Swagman, will Christian be the new belt collector? Hmm, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, <laughs> I'm okay. Look, and I know I've, we've talked about this a little bit. I know there's some people out there, uh, some people very close to me, saying they're not a fan of Christian holding the Impact World title. Uh, I can see both sides of it. I'm happy he won it. It was a great moment for him. But then there's a whole impact roster over here looking on like, what about us? You know, why did they go to another AEW guy? So it's, you know, I, I can see both sides of it. Terrence Sullivan. Don Callis is Pepto-Bismol suit daddy -o. <laughs> Oh, too much fun. Too much fun. Um, so, yeah. Um, so they start uh, they start beating down Christian, and then Kazarian comes to help even out the odds a little bit. The elite hunter, if you will, comes out, comes out running with a pipe. My God. He's getting crazy with these weapons. So... Um, so yeah, great to see Kazarian out there, the elite hunter, and still just builds this feud with, you know, Christian versus Kenny, leading to all out. People talking about, they're wondering if uh, the Impact Wrestling Championship is going to end up being on the line in that match. So far, no mention. Will it end up being that way because he is coming out with that title? I don't know. I hope not, but I don't want to jinx it either, so I don't want to talk about it too much. We'll see. Um, there was something else that I was going to bring up. And I com I'm completely drawn a blank. I feel like I'm forgetting something from this. Anyways, um, but then, uh, okay, so then Mox is in the back, and he talks about finding out who his challenger is going to be for All Out from New Japan, and it's Kojima. Kojima, who was just in Impact Wrestling. So, it wasn't uh, Tanahashi, is that it, who has the U.S. championship for New Japan? Tanahashi? I think I got that right. So, 
some of those names kind of sounds familiar, and I, I know I end up botching them, but I think I got that one right. But, yeah, so Kojima, who was just in Impact, um, is now going to face Mox at All Out. I can't wait to see this. Mox doesn't sound, like, too thrilled about it because he wants to face someone else, but uh, it is what it is, and I know they're still going to put on a hell of a match. will be very interesting to see who wins this one, though. Um, yeah, Mark says... <laughs> Bring on the bread. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, all out. Mox versus Kojima. Good stuff. Uh, Gun Club versus the Factory. This is okay. So this is one that I saw get some criticism as far as people not being. Uh, excited for it. I feel like the crowd still responded in kind. Uh, was I excited about this one? But this, uh, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. This is how you build your 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 lower tier guys. on the, Your mid-card guys, your lower to mid-card guys. This is how you build them. You give them that, you know, not everything can be a five-star match on TV. You, this is how you build your, you know, the gun club gets their experience. You know, Billy Gunn is trying to work with his sons, and it's Colton and I'm forgetting the other guy. But anyways, the gun club versus the factory, Nick Camarado, Aaron Solo, and QT Marshall. Paul White on commentary is uh, talking about his up-and-coming match that he's excited about because he's getting back in the ring again. Um at uh, All Out versus QT Marcel. So uh, Paul White also talking about how he got to, at the Brewers game yesterday, got to throw out the pitch. He was uh, making his rounds at Miller. I know it's not Miller Park. I forget what it's called now. It's always going to be Miller Park. It's been Miller Park for like the last like 20 years. Anyways, uh, <laughs> American Family Stadium park place, whatever the hell it is. Uh, Miller Park. We'll just call it that for now. Uh, he was there with Sean Dean, someone else who is up and coming on the roster. Great for a great to have uh, Paul White to take this kid around and, and give him that experience. Some people look at AEW and say, why did you bring Paul White in? It's a waste of space. No, it's not. Because what Paul White's been doing over the last 20-plus years of his career is building relationships in every single city he's been to. He brings a wealth of community service, speaking engagements, working in every city with different um, sponsorships or whatever you want to call them. You know, um, He's got that that community connection in all these cities, which is why he got invited to go to, um, you know, Miller Park, throw out the first pitch, representing AEW, say, oh, who's this? Oh, I know the show. Doesn't he wrestle for? No, he doesn't wrestle for them anymore. He's representing AEW. Coming to, you know, the... 
Panthers Arena tomorrow night, which is which was tonight. So there you go. You promote your company. You also go out and you're you're shaking hands. You're taking pictures. He got to hang out with Bob Euchre. You know, classic name related to the Milwaukee Brewers organization for decades now, so many years. Um, who's also <laughs> um, a Hall of Famer in his own right. Um, thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. So, yeah, guys like Mark Henry and Paul White bring that industry experience and and industry wealth years and years of working with so many different people around the world around this nation you know and it's only going to grow from there it's only going to grow from there so <clears throat> they um they bring so many different things you bring a mentorship to the backstage area all those years of experience talking about what to do, what not to do, community experience, all this knowledge packed into guys like Mark Henry and, uh, and Big Show. That's how you help build a brand like this. It's not all on the TV side, in-ring promo skills. No. It's also in the stuff that we don't see behind the scenes as well. Um, so, yeah, Gun Club wins. They pin QT Marshall, which is interesting. <clears throat> so, Paul White is going to face uh, QT Marshall, Paul White's first entering back in a long time. Don't know how long, a couple years, whatever it's been within the last couple of years uh, at All Out. Dan Lambert. Now, this is an interesting development. I had a feeling that this is where this was going, but now we finally see the end result of this. Dan Lambert apparently becoming an on-TV <clears throat> personality. Excuse me. Um, manager. I guess you could say for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Now, both Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page both have a decent amount of mic skills and charisma, but only so, it's only getting them so far. And my guess, my guess is while they're still working on their own stuff, they need someone to become that next level person to help draw attention and to take over some of the mic skill stuff, like a Paul Heyman type person. Um, Dan Lambert, man, he's really got a mouth on him. And I mean that in like a complimentary kind of way, because like I said, when he was an impact, I really didn't, I, it just, it wasn't clicking with me. But this, I don't know why, but this feels like it's more organic in a way, I guess. I don't know how else, to, maybe that's not the word I'm looking for. It's just clicking with me this time. I don't know why. 
but he's not constantly bringing like he there was no MMA presence in this one. That's interesting. It was just Dan Lambert, the character in his mouth. So um Bell's boy says he detests Dan Lambert. Well, then he see then he's doing his job. He's, he's, uh, he's teetering on the edge with some very controversial things that he's saying. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. So um <laughs> he's had a he, he's always had a mouth. Yeah, this is true. Um we'll see. Um we'll see where this goes. Now the main event. Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson, brave, so brave. Now, what we learn here is this is actually Brock Anderson's in-ring singles debut. His record leading into this match is all tag matches from what they said. I believe they said it's 5-1, and one, which is good, but it's in tag matches. So, and I have not, I, I admit, I have not seen the matches, but obviously he, he comes from a, a very high level of stock, you know, <laughs> that and, Anderson name carries a lot of high stock. Um, man, when he was doing a ground and pound on, on Malachi, Malachi Black, jeez, you just, you just, you close your eyes for a second and it's like you're watching double A back from 30 ish, give or take a little years ago. My God. The four, almost 40 years ago, I guess you could say. Goes, goes back a ways. Good old Arn Anderson, double A. Um, so, yeah, uh, this one was short and sweet, but it was good to see Brock get some uh, experience in here with Malachi Black. Took that finisher like a pro. Um, he takes out Brock and he takes out Arn Anderson. Lee Johnson then runs down to the ring and kind of, I guess, scares off Malachi Black. Not sure why this would scare off Malachi Black. Um, he's quite the up and comer. So I'm sure we're going to get Malachi Black against Lee Johnson sooner rather than later. A little more constructive criticism. I don't know. I mean, this is a great moment for Malachi Black to build that heel, build that heel character. You put stock in that, you know, on screen, ominous, dark, super heel presence. I get it. I don't know if I would have made this the main event against a guy like Brock. I would have put this somewhere. Uh, middle of the night, I would have, if I would have taken anything out of this and stick it in the main event, I would have maybe, I think I would have flipped it. I would have made Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy the main event. Maybe. That or Varsity Blondes versus Lucha Brothers. Something just with a little more in-ring oomph to it. You know? But I, I, I understand why they did this. Because you want to end 
end it on a big note with a character like Malachi Black because they're if you're going to end it with something like this, you're making a statement that Malachi Black is a main event presence. And that's what you're building with him. So I get it. I I, I, I can see both sides of it. I understand why they would have done it. It just, when he knocked out both of them and then got chased away, it just didn't have that. It didn't have to me. It just didn't have like a super big feeling to it. You know what I mean? Um, not hating on it. Just I just would have picked something a little different. But um, I still feel like they got they accomplished what they wanted to out of this with Malachi Black. I'll say that. You know? Oh, you knocked out Arn Anderson again and his kid this time. And I wouldn't have sent out. Lee Johnson. But I mean, it, that is cool that he did have that chance to go out there. Cause that's going to open up some eyes. Like, Oh, who is this again? Wow. And he chased off Malachi black. Interesting. So it's not all negative. It's just, just didn't feel as fun as maybe something else to, because the, you got to think this is, <laughs> This is an audience that has been waiting over a year and a half for AEW to hit this town. So you want to send them home on a little more than this. You know what I mean? I feel like it ended kind of flat, for lack of better words. Um, something a little more fun. You know, not, you don't have to send every audience home happy not every audience but um it is just this this was a show that had to get rescheduled three times so by the time this audience gets to the show they're like oh finally we get to see this brand come to this town so excited for I mean, like it was, it was really bittersweet for me because, like I said, I had tickets for this and I really wanted to be there. And it, I was still very happy with the show. It was a lot of fun. And they let you know exactly where they were all throughout this show. They mentioned the words Milwaukee, the word Milwaukee, several times. You know, and there was a lot of veterans on this show that were very happy to be back in Milwaukee. Punk, Jericho, Jr. They all said it. You know. But this goes on and on. Yeah, Bill's boy says he um, didn't care for the didn't care for the ending. All right, so yeah, you get that. Violet says it felt wonky. <laughs> they got punked though. Yes, yes, that was a huge moment. That was a lot of fun. The CM Punk chance drowned out Tony. They had to stop the interview and let him cool down a little bit, and then they could start the interview again. So overall, it was a very fun show. I, I won't say that the show was crap because of the ending. No, I just would have flipped a couple things around. Still a very fun show um, to bring to um, this this city that is desperate in desperate need of you know some some fresh wrestling. 
you know, and I have no clue what WWE did when they came to town, but I'm guessing they did about half of the size of this audience. I could be wrong. I'd have to go actually do some research, but from what I heard, they didn't do too hot in the audience. But um, Milwaukee did a did a did a did did it proud tonight, loud and proud as always from what I've seen. So, so that's it for this one. Um, Keith, oh my God, we'll wrap it up with this. You guys cracked me up. Can you imagine Dan Lambert versus Don Callis battle rap on Snoop Dogg's Drop the Mic? Okay, I've never watched that show, but seeing these two go back and forth with an opportunity like that, my God. That would be absolutely effing hilarious. So on that note, much love, everyone, on your way out. Don't forget to smash that like button, smash that sub button, ring that bell for notifications. Why? So that you know when more of my content hits your screen. Be sure to check out the links in the description. Um, get yourself some merch. Check out the socials and uh, help the podcast grow. No matter how you do it, it's all love. It's all greatly appreciated. Uh, we'll see y'all tomorrow night for uh, TNI uh, Impact for the live reaction. Not doing the watch along anymore. So, you know, we're going to remind you guys for a while because you never know who watches what and when and catches up with your content. Um, so, yeah, be doing that. Also, be doing. Um, The review afterwards so yeah last week was rough because we uh we only had so many people only so many people here available we couldn't even do the uh emergence review uh it's my goal tomorrow if i have time gonna try to watch emergence or at least some of it i only got through one match so far <laughs> just so we could you know say i mean they'll they'll run through some stuff in the the BTI, I'm sure. But it uh, looks like a fun fun card tomorrow night. Uh, the Impact crew. Name dropping some names, saying somebody's going to debut tomorrow night. We'll see about that. I'm not going to – I'm going to take that with a grain of salt because it could be just uh, Scott Demore just having some fun with his audience. Uh, this is a hot time. There's a lot of free agents out there. You never know who's going to show up when, how, where, and why, and whatever. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to put a lot of stock in that. Uh, some fans are, though. Some fans really are eating this up. Uh, Braun for glory is another one. My God. that's Shame on you, Scott. That's just crazy. Uh, I, I hope it happens, but wow. It's that's uh it's that's bold. It's bold. Um so yeah, the live reaction review following. Hopefully we'll have most of the crew there. So we'll see y'all tomorrow night and then come back here Friday. Actually, uh, my son has got that game rescheduled that he was supposed to do uh this Friday, so I may not be around for rampage it may be much later or the next morning we'll see how 
Friday goes, but um, so I believe seven, six or seven p.m. Friday night is the game that I'm going to be watching my son play uh, band at for the first time. So I'm very excited to finally see that. Hopefully, it's you know weather permitting, it's good. I don't know. We'll we'll find out soon enough. <clears throat> but uh, nonetheless, I will be reviewing Rampage because it's all building to. Uh, all out in Chicago. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's going to be a wild couple weeks going forward. So can't wait. Much love, everyone. We'll see you on TNI tomorrow night. Take care. Rod here.